This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Happy Halloween, everybody! <laughs> I know that was really deservedly worth the groan. That was very bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we are intentionally, as you all know, a very inclusive, welcoming community. We we celebrate diversity. We're glad you're here, no matter where you are in the world or what your personal lifestyle is, etc. So welcome, and with that, let's kick off together with our mission statement. We a vibrant, welcoming, multi-generational, prosperous community embodying love and awakening spiritual consciousness. And so we are. Soul Shine. you guys it sounded great for those of you who don't know I was raised with a in a kind of southern baptist sort of hellfire brimstone tiny little terrifying honestly country church um, and that was the good part of it was some of that kind of music so 
Uh, we're going to today, as Rev. Jane is going to do our talk and lead the meditation, um, and today we're going to be honoring sort of Day of the Dead and Halloween and passages and transitions and whatnot. So the reflection question that we wanted to give folks a few minutes with, and we encourage you if you want to, share with somebody in the audience, ideally somebody you don't live with, um, and then online, Jane and I are going to see if we can actually communicate just online, if they can work the mics out. We're going to try that. And if not, just take a moment um, with the upcoming question and just reflect, maybe journal a little bit. So the question is, what was your most significant experience with death? And how has that shaped you? How is that shaping you? So just a couple of minutes with that deep reflection. And I have no idea if we can talk online. <laughs> and unfortunately, we can't hear you, but I hope you'll just put it in the, in the chat. Um, Sylvia, I'll be talking about mine, so why don't you share what yours was? Well, I honestly, um, I've had a fair bit of death in my life. My father passed a long time ago. My, my older sister has passed. Her death affected me years later. But truthfully, the most intense um, passing I have dealt with is Tessa, my beloved, beloved dog. Mm -hmm. And it happened very, very quickly. Um, she was 11 and we were at a unity camp out and I was snuggling, you know, we were in our little sleeping bags together like little wild animals and I felt a lump in her abdomen and 10 days later had to make the decision. It was that fast. So wow. that was, um, that was intense, but also it was a beautiful life and a beautiful yeah. relationship, you know? Yeah. So we sign up for that as dog lovers, as yeah. you know. Yeah. And cat lovers too. I remember, yeah. um, we had, well, we've had a lot of cats over the years and only a couple of dogs, but um, I think that the worst one was this little kitten jewel we got um, in a box when they were selling fireworks. And um, she was, she jumped off the bed, one of the girls' beds in the middle of the night and, and her hind quarters no longer worked. Wow. And so we took her into the emergency um, vet. And when we did that, they, they kept her overnight, but there was nothing they could do. And so uh, we went in to say goodbye, but it was, oh, it was so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The animal stuff is yeah. pretty helpless feeling. So I don't know what it's been for you, but I hope that... Um, that you will put something in the chat because that way we all get to share and, and later on we come back and at least I do, I come back and read the comments so it, it helps me to stay connected with you. So thank you for doing that. And even if you're watching this later after the service, you can still add it to the comments and, and yeah, we get to see that. Definitely still reflect on it so. for sure. You can do that chime as a over there with the bowl. What time? Just chime it. You know it works better. Shh. 
Isn't that great? You can make all the big loud noises that you want. You can shout, be quiet, but if you actually just quietly go shh, it, it quiets the crowd more. I think that's fascinating. Uh, huh? Yes, and we're gonna do those next. That's right, I jumped ahead again. Who's doing celebrations for us today? Naomi, will be fabulous. The fabulous Naomi with celebrations. Testing. Test, ooh, that's hot. Good morning. Celebrations, I get to be Claire for one more week. <laughs> and I'm gonna start our celebrations with an irony of today we're acknowledging those who have passed. This week, I'm celebrating being alive another 11 years. 11 years ago, I faced and battled a very personal, very private um, walk with depression and anxiety and suicide. And I'm here today and I'm celebrating that this week and all month and all year and my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have any celebrations online on Facebook yet, but anyone here in the room with a celebration, Jody. One, I just think it's so interesting because the thing that came up for me was um, suicide because I have a lot of suicide and depression in my family. And then I sit down and Mary's son's friend just um, took his life and so it's just kind of interesting that that came up and then you said that and so celebrating um, I don't know the healing and whatever for myself and the generational stuff that's been broken but I just wanted to let everyone know I, this isn't a celebration yet but I know it will be once I put it out I'm looking for a keyboard or a piano so if anybody like wants to make that my dream come true and I'm I can pay for it we celebrate a keyboard coming in. I almost called you jumping water deer. <laughs> this is my mom, Rachel. <laughs> so I'm celebrating my new home and getting relocated and settled in within the most delightful place with the most delightful person. And just in all of that, the joy that of the boundless resources of the one. Yes. Well, first, I was at the Habitat Restore, and <clears throat> they have a small um, spinet upright piano. They're closed today, but I think it's only 125. I'm not sure. But, um, I'm celebrating my father's birthday. He was born on Halloween. And I'm celebrating the Braves are one game away from clinching the World Series. Woohoo! Okay, more celebrations. Anyone else in the room? <gasps> Nolan. I'm going to the coast next weekend. That's worth celebrating. And did you have your hand up? No? Okay. <gasps> Jean. So I'm celebrating for my grandson, Nolan, who is sitting in the back there trying to be invisible, but um, he has a brand new baby brother as of Thursday night. 
new babies. <gasps> For those online, the keyboard request has already been met. <laughs> Any other celebrations? All right, back to you. Celebrating the performance of the Seahawks this year. But I am still riding for the brand. That's all I can say. <laughs> I'm still riding for the brand. Yeah, for as if any of that really matters, right? In the grand scheme of things. So um, we're going to take us into prayer now. And I've mentioned it many times before, and many of you know, but one of the transformative aspects for me of unity was the practice of affirmative prayer. It's not the beseeching, there's a God out there that we need savior, you know, saving. It, it, it's, I think Charles Fillmore, who's one of the founders of unity, actually called prayer the highest mind activity. It's not about changing God's mind. It's about changing our mind and coming into alignment with the truth of who we are and with the sense of <clears throat> oneness and presence and stepping out of our little human selves and into the allness that we are. So um, the other great thing about unity is that if you put in a prayer claim form, which you can do on the paper sheet in the back of the seats, or you can do online um, on our website, there's an easy, easy link. Our prayer team here will pray on that, holding your intention, holding your claim at the center of their awareness and attention, uh, intention, and then it gets sent to silent unity at Unity Village, and it gets prayed on by for another 30 days. So it's really, um, it's a really powerful thing that unity has to offer, and I just encourage you. And you can also put in prayer claim forms for great stuff. Every once in a while, I'll just drop one in for like, I'm just grateful for gratitude, right? Whatever it is, it can be a claim for something that you're wanting to come in. It can also be a recognition of the goodness that already is flowing in. And I wanna let you know that anyone who would like to have a super like, superpower, hypercharged prayer at the end of service can come up here and Donna's showing hers, you can hold it up. We have prayer chaplains and they will be with their white stoles and you can come up for a one-on-one -on -one, um, power prayer as well. So with that, um, I just encourage us to come into the holy instant of right now. And let's allow any aspect of the do list, any busyness that might have happened earlier today, anything that needs to be done later on in the day, just let that drop away for now and come into this moment. feeling our connection with source, with creator, feeling, feeling the awareness that we are an extension of creator. And I claim the goodness that is the divine inheritance 
of each one of us complete health, complete, speedy, fabulous cure for any physical issue that we're in the process of healing, come back to wholeness, claim this. We claim every material need being met readily, abundantly, knowing that we are in flow, needs met, flowing forward, helping others meet their needs. Today is the kickoff of the UN climate talks in Scotland. And we claim that this time results in unified, global, effective action to bring about the healing, the health, the restoration of this beautiful planet we're lucky enough to inhabit. We hold and affirm this. And also today, we just hold in our hearts all of the loved ones who have passed, knowing that we're still one, we're still connected in the realm of spirit, which is the realm of truth. And we just, we just send light and love to all beings. Knowing that good is our divine inheritance, we say thank you, and so it is. Amen.
All right, I think we're gonna do the affirmative prayer together and then we're gonna have poetry. Is that correct, Miss Donna? Okay. So let's say our affirmative prayer together. It's up on the screen. Love is our ultimate reality, everywhere present and whole. It radiates abundantly and continually creates good in my life and in the world. As we gratefully acknowledge the presence and power of love now, we see the people and circumstances we hold in prayer healed and illumined by love. And so it is. this week, both of them happen to be light workers, Donna Sessler and Amari Gold. The inevitable calling. Death, many times over in our lives, whether it be the parakeet we harbored in a cage, or a goldfish named Sam, or a beloved puppy who we played with in our backyards. Death, many times over in our lives, whether it be a parent, a friend from school, the generous neighbor three houses down, or a favorite cousin who made us laugh so hard our sides split. Death, many times over in our lives, what do we do with this occurrence? We know in our heart of hearts it will happen. Yet when it does, it sometimes takes our breath away. It can shatter our faith in humanity. It can rattle our once stable emotional cages so that we are never the same again. The inevitable is calling, calls us again and again. Tears can be shed right now over this. It's okay. Let the tears come. Let the grief take you to unexpected places. Why? Because this is all part of this great tapestry of life. We know we are living when we get to look death in the eye time and time again. Let us hold ourselves in the highest esteem as we mourn, as we grieve, as we see how much we love someone. We are human after all. This is part of the sacred journey. What can we learn from it? I, for one, have learned that the loved ones live in my heart forever. I have learned to celebrate their lives, not endlessly grieve for them. At this time of year, the veils are thin. Can you hear them chirping, barking, neighing, calling? Whatever form their life took. They were there for you, and you were there for them. Honor them, tell their stories, be present to that place in your heart that they occupied. Sing their favorite songs, Dance their essence that moved you, and know that time will heal, and does heal, and death will be at your doorstep at some point. So breathe in this precious life fully. Live now to the maximum enjoyment. And as my beloved father said time and time again in his last months, respect each other love each other, take care of each other, be present to this inevitable calling, and rest in peace knowing it is inevitable.
Let's take those beautiful thoughts into meditation. I invite you to just close your eyes and really be aware of the breath that is moving through your body right now. When a baby is born and they take their first breath, we celebrate. When a person takes their last breath, we mourn. The breath is significant. How often do we forget to breathe or fail to appreciate it? And let yourself just imagine as you are reveling in this breath that the figure of death, however you'd like to imagine that, appears before you and says to you, come on, it's your time, right now. And all time stops for a moment. And your life flashes before your eyes. You have an opportunity to remember what has been important to you. What have you learned? If you'd known that death was going to show up right this minute, what choices might you have made this morning? or yesterday that would have been a little different. And now let yourself imagine that the, the figure of death says to you, actually, I've had second thoughts. I'll be back later. And you feel like Scrooge on Christmas morning, realizing that you have a new chance at life. What will be different as you walk out of this room? How will you live? Now let's just bring our attention back, savoring each breath, being present in this moment. And as the musicians give us their first song. If you haven't had a chance to put your picture of your loved ones on the altar, don't hesitate to come up and do so.
Shadows are falling and I'm running out of breath. Keep me in your heart for a while. If I leave you, it doesn't mean I love you any less. Keep me in your heart for a while. When you get up in the morning and you see that crazy sun, keep me in your heart for a while. There's a train leaving nightly called when all is said and done. Keep me in your heart for a while. Shalala. Sometimes when you're doing simple things around the house, maybe you'll think of me and smile. You know I'm tied to you like the buttons on your blouse. Keep me in your heart for a while. drivers headed north to Pleasant Street. Keep me in your heart for a while. These wheels keep turning, but they're
Thank you, Victor. You did a beautiful job with that song. That song actually is part of an album that Warren Zevon created in the year before he died. He, he knew he was dying, and he was not, if you're not familiar with his music, he was not known for tender songs. But, but the shadow of death did something to shift how he was experiencing life. And, and that's the first gift of death, is that we begin to experience life differently when we are conscious of our mortality. And sometimes we become conscious of that because maybe we have a near-death experience or in meditation or something like that, but most of the time we become aware of our mortality because someone that we love has died. This altar here is, comes from the day, Dia de los Muertos is what it's called in Spanish. And our, our Latinas family have created this custom that we are honoring here. Their belief is that we need to remember, keep our ancestors and loved ones in our hearts, because if we forget, then they have what they call the second death. They disappear completely. Now, this isn't necessarily unity belief. We, I mean, we believe that when we die, we just are reabsorbed into the one. We, some of us may believe in past lives and, con and continuing reincarnation. Charles Fillmore believed that, but not everyone in unity does, and it's not, it's not like a tenant that you have to believe if you're gonna be part of unity. However, it is a beautiful idea that we get to try again and try again and experience life from many different angles, not just one. We get to have all the experiences. We get to be all the races. We get to be all the, the genders and the gender fluids and the, and the rich and the poor. We get to be it all as our hearts grow and grow and grow and become more compassionate. So that's the unity belief. But around the world, people have many different beliefs about death. And the question of what happens when we die is as old as humanity. It's the question everyone wants to know, and we have all different answers that come up for that. And there isn't a right answer. There's just the answer that settles for you. That's a good enough answer until you actually die. And then you've got the answer. This altar is called an ofrenda, an offering. And on the altar, you'll see, besides the pictures of those that we want to remember, and we're just going to energetically include all of the loved ones that you didn't have a picture for or you forgot to bring a picture for or you're online and I hope that you will put a little offering in our group. I, I started some with some of my family members and it's, it's pretty easy to do. But 
we have their pictures so that we remember them. We have offerings of the four elements. So there's a glass of water there because they may get thirsty on their travels coming back through these thin times to visit. Um, there is food, offerings of the earth. The flowers ideally would be live marigolds because the smell helps the dead to find their way back. They follow that trail of smell. Um, the candle represents fire and it can also represent wind. And they have, if you've seen those, like the prayer flags, um, those are supposed to gather the wind and that allows that element to be represented, but I didn't have any of those. So that's what's on the altar. The idea is that they come back to visit. And why would they do that? I believe they would do that because we need to be reminded of the gifts that they gave to us. These are our ancestors. They're our, our family members. They're our friends. And they hold riches in their souls that benefited us. Their character formed us. Sometimes their character wasn't that great this time around, but it formed us in our response to them. And so they deserve to be honored. It's so interesting. I was very familiar with this custom, and I'm, I'm familiar with Samhain, which is the Celtic festival that sort of morphed into Halloween. But when I was doing some research, I learned that they, there are actually customs all over the world, particularly in Asia. For example, I'm sorry, I don't know how to speak Chinese, so I apologize for that, but Zhangwan Festival, um, they have an entire month that's called Ghost Month. And the spirits of the, of <coughs> the deceased are believed to come out from the other realm. And I, I think it's so interesting because when we talk about these being thin times and they can pass through the veil of life and death more easily, it makes sense to me at this time of year that we would pick this time when the leaves are falling and it's getting cold and chilly. And yeah, if there were ever going to be a thin time, that would be it. But the climate and the season is not the same all over the globe. And yet, all over the globe, at this time of year, that celebration is happening with different variations. So in the Zhangwan Festival, they have the whole month, and sometimes they call it the Hungry Ghost Festival, sometimes it's just Ghost Month. And for both Buddhists and Taoists, they are um, specifically honoring the ancestors. The gates of hell are opened up and ghosts are free to roam the earth where they seek food and entertainment. Um, and so this, they do ceremonies in both the Buddhist and the Taoist tradition to help the ghosts who have yet to transition. And feasts are held in their honor to satisfy them. And they write on these joss papers, they write messages to their deceased, and then they burn them so that the smoke can carry across um, the dimensions. They, they have, instead of pumpkins or turnips, they have water, lotus water lanterns. 
and they put those at the end of the ceremony, at the end of the month, they put those on the water to guide the ghosts back to the realm of the dead. Um, in Nepal, there's a Hindu tradition, Gaijatra, and that's known as the festival of cows. The cows are, are holy in India, and so they're considered to be helping to guide the recently deceased. And during this festival, cows, or children dressed up as cows, are walked in procession throughout towns to find, to help um, family members who have lost a significant person in the last year. It's a lighthearted celebration of death that is designed to help people just get comfortable with the idea that we're all gonna die. The same thing with Dia de los Muertos. It's lighthearted, it's a festival. And it's designed to normalize death. In some cultures, they have, I, th I think it's Vietnam or Indonesia, somewhere's in there. Um, there's a custom where they don't bury the dead right away. They keep them around. The corpse just lies in bed or sits up in a chair for maybe a month. And if you come in and they say, oh yeah, Papa's just sleeping over here. And you know, the, they haven't done any um, embalming fluids. They're just continuing to rot. And the whole family is there. Yep, there, and there's Papa over there. And, but the point of this is that we, in our culture, in the United States, are neurotic about death. We think it's a terrible thing. Oh, God forbid I die, except <laughs> we all are going to die, and we know that. I remember um, Mary Morrissey was telling the story about um, this man who came running into her office, and he said, I just found out I'm going to die. And she said, how did you get to be this old, and you're just finding that out? It's, you know, we, we know it, but we avoid it. Look, look at what's going on with the pandemic right now. And I'm not saying go out and try and get your best to get infected, but, but we're all so nervous about we might get COVID and then die. And how are we rearranging our lives as a society so that we don't die? Now, I'm not in line. <laughs> I'm not saying, oh, please, please let me go. <laughs> let me be the one now. I'm not saying that, and I don't see any of you getting in line either. It's, we are enjoying the life that we have, and we don't want to release it. But it's important for us to remember, and death is a gift to us, to remind us this is not all it is. We, it's a, a reminder that while we are here, let's really live. How many times have we not done something that we really wanted to do? It was just in our hearts, and we didn't do it because we might fail. Someone might be mad at us. You know, we have all these reasons but that's not living. 
And death reminds us we only have so much time, and none of us has the expiration date written on our wrists. So we don't know. It could be today. And so we want to really live to the fullest this time that we are given. And the other thing we want to do is remember that this is not all there is. Jesus said, don't lay up treasures where the moths and rust can consume them and thieves can break in and steal them. Now, yes, he's talking about material goods. Don't make material goods be your everything. But it's also, if you look at it metaphysically, he's saying, don't let your consciousness be about the material world. Remember, there's a higher consciousness that does not submit to death. This higher consciousness is what you take with you when you go. This higher consciousness is the treasure that we all need to be focusing on developing. We are here to grow in wisdom and in love and compassion. And as we focus on that, our treasure grows. So that when our day comes and the figure of death is in front of us saying, okay, now is your time. We are not grieving so deeply because we have used our time well. There's a feeling of rightness to it. For those of you who have had the honor of being with someone who has been in the dying process, I know that you have seen how they leave bit by bit. It isn't, I mean, people who die in an accident, that's different, but people who are in the dying process, they leave bit by bit, and they are more and more in another realm. And we look at them, and we often feel badly because they cannot do the things that they could do before, because they appear to be suffering. But what would happen if we reframed that? What would happen if instead we said, ah, look, they're touching the divine? What if we knew that just by being in their presence, something was radiating from them, and we could take it in? How would that change our experience? I don't know about you, but I think about if I were to die, I think about all the people that I would leave behind and how sad they would be. At least I'm imagining that. But, but what if I was actually giving them a gift? When I think about when my mother died, I was only seven, and it was, it was really, really hard. 
and I cried and cried and cried a whole lot for a long time. And, and I didn't understand it. I, I tried to make up excuses like God needed her more than I did, which was, you know, that was total bull. But it, it just helped me in the moment to ease my concerns. But, you know, now I know that's not true. But what I have found as I've worked with this pain through a lifetime is that it did something to crack open my heart. And I believe that I have a greater capacity for compassion today because of that early start in opening my heart. I also have continued to work with the idea that I'm all alone and it's all on me. I, you know, because I was preparing for this talk, and then in the self-care class, I'm also doing death and loss, you know, because you can't get enough of a good thing, right? <laughs> but, so as I prepare for this, I have to re-experience it and, you know, focus on it. And so it hasn't been my most enjoyable week ever. But one of the things I realized is in going through this whole pandemic experience and, and our experience as a community, it's been a kind of death. And, and we have lost something that we had before. And, and it's been very hard for me to do that. And what I, the connection I made today was that my old story that got started when my mother died, and I was, I was the oldest of four ch children, and the fifth that was almost born didn't make it. Um, but there I was, the oldest one, and a Capricorn, in case there was any chance that I would miss taking the whole burden on my shoulders. Um, and so I believed that I had to be the one. When my father told us he was so, he was so broken up and sad, and he couldn't get the words out of his mouth, and so I stepped up and I said, she died, didn't she? And he just nodded. So my takeaway was, I have to be the spokesperson. I have to take it all on. And I'm seven, and I don't know how to do this. And, and so what I realized is, whoa, here I am again. I may as well be seven. I've got this whole community I'm trying to keep together, and I don't know how. And that's when I start to remember, except there's a whole big dimension out here. It's not just me. <laughs> it's not just my body. And this is the time to turn to my consciousness of the divine and realize that this, the divine is doing something here. We, the divine that we are, are creating something here. But that wasn't my first thought. And if it weren't for death, I might not have come up with it at all. So when you think, I asked in that discussion question, what was your first experience with death? And how did it shape you? The younger you were, the more likely your takeaway is not truth. 
It's something that you made up to help you get through. But even as adults, we have lost dear friends, we've lost lovers, we've lost parents, we've lost siblings. Even as adults, we make up stories. And so my invitation to you today is to think about what are the stories that you're telling yourself? And could there be a different story that is founded in higher consciousness? Something that would allow you to celebrate all those that have lived, that they got to be in your life and you got to be in theirs. That allows you to celebrate that you are walking on this planet still instead of criticizing what is not right about your life or your body or whatever it may be, just saying, whoa, this is so great. Remember in the, <clears throat> in the play Our Town, Emily dies as a child of 12, and she wants to come back just for one day. And so the stage manager slash God says to her, well, just pick an ordinary day. It'll go better for you. And she picks an ordinary day. And she notices things like the smell of the toast. Oh, little sensory things like that. And, she, and she's saying to the stage manner, does anybody notice? Does anybody ever notice how wonderful this is? When we've done in meditation classes, we've done a mindful eating meditation. If you've never tried that, please do. I mean, it would actually be an ideal way to eat your food all the time, but I'm going to be realistic and just say, at least try it. You know, smell the food before you put it in your mouth. Just teeny tiny bites. Just savor the taste on your tongue. It's a beautiful experience, and it's a, a model for how to do life. So in a minute, the musicians are going to come up here, and they're going to lead us in music that celebrates life. And I just invite you to be totally present with that music. Just feel that energy of joy. We get to be vehicles of joy on this planet. How great is that? So we celebrate all of these beloveds, all the beloveds that you've posted online, and all the beloveds that live in our hearts even if their pictures are not on our altar. May we prepare for our death by living fully, because that's what we're here for.
I am um, really emotional. <laughs> I didn't expect to be emotional today. <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> that was so beautiful. And your talk was amazing. And um, I think we're so lucky here, you know? We get to take on, oh gosh, hard things from a really beautiful place. I will get this together if this is surprising me. That was amazing. <laughs> totally amazing. Okay. Jane also um, said that she had forgot to mention she did her own fabulous makeup. She actually looks like this every day. She, um, <laughs> But it is to acknowledge a conscious recognition of both the living and the, and the dead aspect of life. And uh, I thought it was really wonderful. And at somewhere I heard that Myrtle Fillmore, one of our Unity founders, she said her approach to death was healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, dead. <laughs> and <laughs> I, really kind of, I really kind of love that, right? You know, your point that really to observe death and again, as your talk was titled, something that we all deal with over and over and over in this, this human part of our journey is not for wimps, right? I mean, it's not. But to really view that as a, rem or as a reminder to fully live. So um, just thank you to everybody. Today is what I would say. Okay, come, got myself kind of back together a little bit. Uh, do we have anyone that's here for the first time in the room? Maybe online, we can't see you, but we sure do welcome you all. And um, anyone who is here for the first time, be sure to get uh, a packet so that we can keep you informed of what we're doing and, and welcome you back. Um, and with that, we're gonna go into our offering. We're gonna go into our time of blessing. So if we can have our ushers come up. Thank you, ushers. The love offering time at Unity is, it's a time for us to all be in flow. It's a time when we acknowledge the value of our mission and what we're doing, our fabulous musicians, the, the spiritual food that we get, the wisdom that we 
that we not only get to partake of, but by being a community and supporting this with not only time and talent, but also with treasure, with money, so that we can keep the lights on and keep things going. This is how we expand and share this kind of consciousness, this kind of healing into the world, how we can shine a light more brightly. So with that, I just want to acknowledge right now these baskets are empty, but we are blessing them. We are seeing that this is abundance and flow and goodness that is already moving through this community. And we send them out for you to put your treasure in. Also, your prayer claim forms can go in the baskets as well. So whatever makes sense to you. So let's now say the uh, blessing prayer together over all the treasure that's flowing in these baskets now. From the love of pure spirit within us, we bless these gifts. We send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world today and return to us multiplied abundantly, and so it is. Thank you, guys. Thank you, greeters. Thank you, everybody. All right, are we going to do our thank you song? What are, we going, what are we going on with today? Oh, yes. No, we just did that. Announcements? On with announcements. Okay, we've changed things up a little bit. All right, so announcements. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're in flow here with our service today as well. So this coming Saturday, November 6th, we have one of our bigger events of the year for sure. We ha we're getting a visit by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. He, yep, he's going to be speaking about um, Toltec wisdom and the, just the tradition of his family and a life steeped in spiritual study and practice and whatnot. And we're also going to have now, for anyone interested, his brand new book. He's really well known for The Mastery of Self. His brand new book, The Mastery of Life, um, will, is just coming out. And we're going to be doing a book signing at Roundabout Books at 4.30, where we'll have some copies of that book available. And it will be prior to um, his appearance here. So really, really looking forward to that. And I would also say, please, if you haven't already, even if you can't come, please go on to our Unity website 
and share the post on this with your platforms and people online, that would be super helpful too. And this event is gonna be here live, um, safely so, but also live streamed. So it's something that you can attend from wherever you are. Really encourage a good showing there. Um, Jane, I think, just mentioned in her talk that their next, their next um, art of spiritual self-care class is on, is a continuation of this subject. When is it? Okay, so tomorrow night, and it's on the subject of honoring loss and grief. And then, I mentioned last week, we do um, uh, the Bottle Drop program. So if any of you don't have a Bottle Drop account, this would be a great time to set one up because we just got accepted, Unity just got accepted by Bottle Drop as one of the um, nonprofits that are going to be in the Holiday Give Drive. So starting December 1st, I think it's the December 1st through 15th, any of these blue bags that we drop off with the Unity barcode on that, which is already attached, these will have matching funds from Bottle Drop coming. And also, if you have your own account, which I do because I happen to love good IPA, um, you, can go, you can go online on your own green bag, which is what an individual bag is. You can go online and actually um, very easily transfer some of the funds that you've uh, um, accumulated in your account over to Unity, and that also will be matched So between um, December 1st and 15th. So these bags are out in the foyer, and I encourage you to do that. And uh, Andy Card uh, Cardwell is not here, but she's the person who is our community engager. You're gonna get, be getting emails from her who's helping us really get our social and environmental action ministry running. Uh, and she let us know that if people have some spare time and want to help, that the, the current two needs really are the family kitchen needs people who are willing to shop for them. I, apparently they give you a um, uh, a credit card or a debit card and tell you what to get and you get it and bring it back and they distribute it. And then let the um, Latino Community Association also has need of people to help deliver things to families that are in need in that network as well. So any interest in that, any time and interest, and we'll put you in touch with Andy and she will hook you up. And then the possibility party. This is something that Jane, Miss Enthusiasm, you know, the, the death person, is giving us a, a, a possibility party. It's November 3rd, uh, 6.30 to 8, and that's online, correct? So it's just something to come together and really open up to what if it all just goes well? What if it's all just great? It could happen, it could happen. Um, Pardon? Yeah. Amen. Amen, sister. And then again, right before we wrap up, I just do want to say, um, if anyone wants prayer in person, there will be some prayer partner, prayer team members up here ready to provide that. And now we were going to do the prayer of protection together. The light of God surrounds me. I am the light of God. The love of God enfolds me. I am the love of God. The power of God protects me. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over me. I am the presence of God. Wherever I am, God is because I am. Right. The light of God surrounds me. I am the light. 